podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Winners and losers sponsored by bookmakers.com. They are bookmakers, they are our main sponsor. Details are in the description below. It's me, Chris Brack, and I'm joined by Pete. Pete, how you doing, mate? How's it going, pal? All good? Not too bad. I've been to the show for ages. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been... It was on, on a few weeks ago with Gav. Good to catch up, you know. Good to catch up. But I've been dying the last couple of weeks. Absolutely dying. Been tuning in, but just uh, the 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 flu over here is is hits you harder when you know when you go to from nice weather to terrible weather all of a sudden. Yeah. Is it the flu or is it just because you watched the Crystal Palace game at the which basically sent everyone to sleep? Enough to make every anybody sick. Listen, it's just one of those. It's one of those seasons we need to get trouble. We played a hundred a million games last year. So what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. Cool. Right. So for those of you who've not seen the show before. Uh, Pete's picked a winner and a loser of the week. So have I. And we'll have a bit of a discussion. And we'll bring people's points up in the chat. And we'll just jump in a bit of a chinwag. So we'll, I'll start first then. So I'll go with my winner, which I know this will go down like a lead balloon, Pete. But got to give him the flowers to her. I've gone for Ted Hag. Because give him his credit. He's got the first trophy in six years. He's got, he's got that side playing to a plan. Which, to be honest, United haven't played for a plan since Ferguson left. Um, he's making them a side that's a, you know, a bit like I can't really be arsed playing them and I'll give him credit where the credit was due he took Ronaldo one head on and basically took on the ego and went you play my way or you go Ronaldo went I'm not going to play your way he went okay sit at the bench then I'm going to go go on then and he just went and he said let him go and he's just like it's probably what should have been done to Ronaldo a year or so ago just just call him out and just say like well you play our way or you go if you don't like it go so I sort of I think you've got to give him credit. And to be honest, it was funny watching Eddie Howe just lose his shit, which is always quite funny. So that's how I that's how I see it. I know you're not I know you're not overly enamored with Man United. Look, just, we, all, just, we, all, we all dislike him, but you know, give no, him let, let you have your say and then I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Go on, go on. You jump in, you jump in, go on. I just think it's amazing how far the standards have truly fallen at Manchester United. I know we talk about it day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out at the stage, when somebody comes in, applies a little bit of logic, nothing genius, and all of a sudden they become a winner in inverted commas. I mean, Harry Maguire, for example, the first major thing he did was just to bomb Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire is not a Premier League centre-half. He's not an international centre-half, in my view. He's not, he's not even a competent centre-half. He was being covered by you know, fellas trying to invent invent systems because of his price tag. But all of a sudden, Eric Ten Hag comes in, bombs him, and he's a genius. No, it's just logic. Cristiano Ronaldo came back to the club, um, and unlike when the likes of Teddy Sheringham goes back to a football club, or when a proper professional goes back to a football club and adds something to it, takes the pressure off young players, allows them to perform. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo makes the whole show about him, puts people under pressure, uh, the results under pressure, and all of a sudden, uh, to Eric Ten Hag because he bombs and wants nothing to do, is a genius. 
the point I'm trying to make, there's probably six or seven of those examples. I mean, you know, bringing in someone like Anthony to come in and, and do a dance, basically, um, for nearly 100 million quid. I mean, you cannot overestimate how poor a signing Anthony is. He's a YouTube star. It's, you know, it's all about, look at me, here's photographs of me supporting my team from the sideline because I'm not good enough to play in the Premier League. This is a fella who's won trophies, you know, at Ajax, who understands the levels that Eric Ten Hag himself uh, would come to appreciate. It's like fellas that that praise people for making tackles. I'm always worried about that. I always worry about someone like, for example, praising Aaron Wan-Bissaka because he makes tackles. Whereas I would say to you, if his positioning was better, he wouldn't have to make those tackles. Like when Javier Mascherano was playing in our midfield and everybody would say, and I used to go to a lot of those games, a lot of people would say, oh God, you know, he's, he's brilliant in the tackle. Well, if you're playing for Liverpool Football Club, you shouldn't have to be brilliant in the tackle because your position should be better and, you're, yeah, and we should be talking about your passing, breaking lines. We should be talking about how often you stay on your feet despite having that in the locker. So I'm not part of the cheerleader squad first not just because he's Manchester United manager um, but because he's just come in and done some basics in a season where Manchester City and Liverpool have absolutely punched each other out for the last seven or eight seasons he's thrown his fourth team every week into that League Cup and he's won it okay fair enough and he's really it's just, you know it's just about timing a lot of the I mean Chelsea are in absolute flux there's an awful lot of critical mass going on in the rest of the league for Manchester. I mean, Manchester United, you say they're, they're competent. I mean, I look at the, their league fixtures. Okay, they beat Manchester City. But that aside, they have. I haven't looked at any of their performances and I've watched them all and went, oh, they've absolutely played them off the park. They're playing off the break. I think, Brian, know, I think Brian here covers it, saying um, there's no denying yeah. it. Ten Hag's done a good job, handled everything well. He's installed a bit of pride and pressure on the but it has to be said, it, they are a team of fine margins. There are, because there are quite a few games where you go, if the result, you know, if certain things don't fall for you, you know, he's on a hide and to nothing. Where I will give him credit, I do think he's also done something which I would probably have two, three managers haven't done is, he's definitely done a bit of coaching. And now we all it's go, well, should, but it's, it's his job. job. It's, it is his job. But there's plenty of managers that have been at Man United and other clubs who don't do that and just go, bin him off, buy the next one. Bin him off, buy the next I don't one. Know, I don't know, I don't know, he's been quite... I mean, but let's not talk about him as if he's brought in, you know, kids and all of a sudden. No, but I mean, he's brought, in, he's brought in Varane and Casimiro, uh, hundreds of millions, and he's put them into mm -hmm. early. I mean, this is not, it's no, this is not special. I'm not talking, I'm not talking special mention, you know? Would you say Fred is better than he was two years ago? Well, Fred has years. always been. Fred has always been the fella yep. that roll roll up his sleeves and do a job. Like, yeah, I'm not. Fred is not doing nothing different that he hasn't done before for Manchester United. I think he's. Well, I think he is because I think he. I think he's getting picked more now. You know, I think they've took the agreement of bit of autonomy off. I think Delot's playing better than he was. Even to be fair to Wan Bissaka, I know what you mean about the tackle thing. In the final, he wasn't doing the Wan Bissaka thing that I've accused him of loads, which is doesn't look over the shoulder because the easiest thing to do was play between Wan Bissaka and centre back because he never followed his runner, and he had he as admittedly he's played Saint Maximan who's basically just doing party tricks all game because he just outrageously poor but I, I think he's a, in terms of the price tag I don't blame him for the price tag of certain players I from friends I have a United fans they all say the same thing Casemiro and Anthony he definitely wanted them early in the summer and I actually think that's more down to how shit the recruitment is at United is they left it last minute last minute last minute and 
clubs aren't stupid. They just go, well, you've got the money. We'll, t- we'll double the price until you pay it. The int- they're the ones saying, listen, has it been perfect? No. But I think first trophy in six years, the run's kind, but at the end of the day, you've still got to do it. You know? So I still give him his credit for it. Is our United back? They're not back anywhere near the United we had to put up with in the 90s, which was horrendous to look through. Yeah, they were but, relentless and they always had the ball. And you were afraid. I'm not afraid of this side. No, but it's building blocks, isn't it? So this is, you would say he's trying to build a foundation. Fair play, fair play. So I'll give him his credit where it where it happens. You know, let's see where he is in a year's time. But, you know, let's give him, I would sort of give him his credit, won a trophy. They're comfortably third at the moment. They'll probably finish comfortably third. I don't see them being in a title race because I, I don't think squad. I don't still think I still there's two holes in that squad, ultimately, to uh, make them challenge. But that's what they need. That's what they need, isn't it? Really. Uh, right. Let's go on to your loser because I've got a feeling this is going to ruffle some feathers. Who is your yeah, loser? Yeah. Naby Keita. Um, you know, I, I mean, and it's nothing to do with the idiots that are on Twitter. Um, posting the same images of him breaking the lines against Bournemouth three and four years ago, or, uh, or that you know, a couple of games against Palace, you know, two or three years ago, where he you know did a turn in his own half. And it's it's the, the fella, I just look at him uh, in terms of his own attitude. This is a season, for example, where lads have run themselves, lads last year have run themselves into the ground. If you're a player, worth your salt. And I don't care what contractual decision you've made, whether after you didn't start the Champions League, so uh, finally you've decided that you're going to not sign it. I don't care about that. It's about your own pride as a professional. The the lad doesn't have any pride as a professional. I mean, anybody can have a bad injury record. I think it's a bit narrow to say, listen, you're injured all the time. Different fellas break down. They don't. But I always say the fellas break down because they don't prepare properly. And it's no coincidence that you're questioning, well, I'm questioning his attitude, and I'm also wondering if he prepares properly. It's that simple, because you don't pick up that many niggles before, during, and after games unless you do. But looking at the game, just looking at the game itself on Saturday Saturday evening, you know, a lot of the, the fellas the, that love him have their pictures of, of their of him on their social media profiles will tell you he made five and six challenges and he, no, again, he was wrong side of the ball four and five times and he had to make those challenges because he can't read a game of football, to be honest with you. He's not switched on and he was absolutely, I mean, at one stage, I thought he was trying to get himself sent off. I think I thought he was trying to prove a point. Fuck yous, to hell with this team and I'm going to get myself sent off because at a professional level, I mean, yeah, there's there's another Egypt. Lol, lol, any excuse for a bit in that Naby standard. I don't, I mean, it's like Trump supporters that just don't want to see it. These people don't understand the game. I mean, we used to have these conversations, myself and Kev and Phil Casey, with Paul Pogba, you know, people that just refuse to see it. They refuse to see it. Paul Pogba's attitude stunk the place out. I don't care how talented you are. It's about, sometimes it's about rolling their sleeves up and doing a shift, the basic things for the team. Too many times I've seen Naby Keita pick up the ball in deep positions and run it into other people. And that's what he did. And so he just ran the ball into other people. I mean, how dare Gary, whatever your name is, you know, mention his name in the same breath as somebody like Jordan Henderson? And I don't care. You know, bring out all the compilations yourself. When you bring the performances and other people out that Jordan Henderson brings out, in, in your in your teammates, then you can have that conversation. Well, Naby Keita, 
I mean, he'll be in my view. He it's it's a modern phenomenon in two thousand twenty three that he can be linked to clubs like Barcelona. But he'll go there and he'll stink the place out. It's not as physical in Spain. We all know that. So he looked like a Rolls Royce again, and people will say, "Oh, you know, Liverpool made a mistake there, letting him go, probably." Or he'll go to a Paris, but he just doesn't have it. And this season, when we need people to roll their slips, their sleeves up, and do the business for us, he's just stinking the place out. You know, it's. And, and Brian, I'm not nobody's steaming indicator for one poor game. He's, I mean, if you look at the amount of games that he hasn't been available for, it's I mean, how can these people like, thanks for the comments and all, but how can you honestly say that with, with a straight face watching football? I mean, football, your most important ability is availability. The fella is probably not available for a good 70% of games at this stage. Just show him the door. Thanks for the memories, whatever they are. You look good holding some of the trophies that we won, but it just hasn't done it. Just accept it and let him go. Hmm. The thing I would say is when you said it's about his preparation for games, you know, because he gets so many injuries, it's the same criticism got to be made then about Oxley Chamberlain and the Matips who pick up an awful lot of injuries, yeah, or is it or, or some players. You're just susceptible. Some play, it's just what your body's built. Like, mean, Michael, Owen, Michael Owen was the one, isn't he? You know, he would always pick up a hamstring injury. But when you spoke to his his dad and his brother who uh, played football at lower levels, they all picked up that type of injury. Sometimes it's just the way you're built. I mean, if we're going just on Saturday, I thought he was looking to stay on till half till half time because he generally looked just looked like every tackle was going to get himself sent off. Listen, players can have a bad game, and I see people say, you know. What about Trent? What about Salah? What we yeah, get one, I mean, like, one loser? Like, but, but, um, we've said they earned, Trent have, they've earned, different players have earned the right to have a, to throw in a few stinkers. Now Trent is throwing in a load of stinkers, but please mm. don't compare people who have actually shown up for Liverpool. Don't compare mm. it to people who. I mean, somebody mentioned some Egypt in the in the in the quotes there mentioned Salah. Please don't compare the two. It's not. I'm not talking about the same. It's like Mohamed Salah is playing a different sport. Don't make the comparison. A comparison to Oxley Chamberlain, okay. Not that's not a bad comparison because Oxley Chamberlain has you know, done nothing for us, nothing. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I think I mean, massive. I mean, massive. I mean, great year, but massive probably gets a bit of a pass because of how we played in the run to the Champions League final, and he did well in the year we we won the league. But you would still say with massive. The biggest, the biggest concern of a lot of the players we've got is they're not fit, they can't stay fit enough for long enough, and I think you know, listen. I'll openly say, Kevin and I were saying in the run between the Everton game, the Newcastle game and the Madrid game, we were going, well, you think Case will start one of them because you can't really keep playing the same midfield for three games in a row because we just know Henderson and, and Bajetic, you, know, you can't keep doing that same midfield. You've got to give him a chance. And he didn't get one, which I must admit, I was surprised. I thought he would at least get the trial. But then, fortunately for him, he gets his opportunity against Palace and he didn't take it. And sometimes you just got to say he just didn't take it. You he didn't know. want it, Bricky. He didn't want it. You could see it in him. He, he's, he's not. He's not interested. It's this, It's a waste of. I would rather have seen Young Jones being thrown in, and, and, and for the manager to say, "Listen, it hasn't happened for you. Get in, get in there and remind us of what you can do." I would rather have seen that than Naby Keita just took up a space that somebody else could have taken up. To be honest with you, I mean, people want to have a go with Jordan Henderson for getting in the way of a free kick. Quite frankly, fuck off. I mean, five minutes of half of them playing. To be honest, Henderson getting in the way of that free kick, I kind of went. That just sums up how our season's going, isn't it? Yeah, there was decent free kick we take. It's our own play. I, I had to laugh because, like, it's just that's the way it's. Uh, Paul Smith saying, Jordan Henderson is not a top quality player. He's he's a pa- he's a passion merchant with hardly any technical ability. If he was, 
Cockburn the captain for this long. Of course, listen. Listen, people, people, people stand there, Henderson, because I'll be honest with you, where it all comes from from the beginning is he, he got, gets an awful lot of flack. And still, but at the beginning, because he wasn't Stephen Gerrard. And mm. people were, were pretty, oh, look, he's replaced Stephen Gerrard. He's not Steve. Egypts. If you can't see what that fella brings to a football team, you've no business watching the game. Go and watch cricket. You're having a clue. Jordan Henderson, listen, he's not Stephen Gerrard. He's, he is what he is, a leader of men. And he's he digs people out when they need to be dug out, and he gets. A, I think we're better when Jordan Henderson. Don't get me wrong; he's not setting the place on fire. Nobody is, but when Jordan Henderson is playing, I feel safer about what we're doing. And, and right now, I don't feel safe watching the pool at all, especially when we're knocking it around the back. Everyone is yeah. nervous. There's a lack of How's... confidence there, but he's not the problem. If you think Jordan Henderson's the problem, you're stupid. To be honest, that's it. What's I think I saw a force of confidence in the person on social media. It was along the lines of. Plenty to make the mind to put Jordan Henson when he first signed under Kenny and haven't changed it. And I've always like waited for his to go on a decline. Going, See, I told you was shit. I will discount the years he was believe us. For me, Henderson should be a lot more of a rotation player than he is. But to be fair to him, partly the club haven't bought more players in, which they need. And also the lads who probably should be taking his place. Hang on a second. Haven't sought the opportunity. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Paul. Paul Smith hasn't got have a. Yeah, I have played the game in four countries, Paul. So why don't you fuck off out of the comments and you know, go back to your mum's basement? So for me, uh, Jordan Henderson, your right bracky will replace will replace James Milner. That's, you know, in what I, th- I think there. the plan should have been for him to do that this year, but we didn't. Um, look, we, we we all know it. We didn't get a recruitment right, and the lads we've got, you know, who we brought in. Just haven't took their opportunity, sadly. But we're, we're, we are where we are, unfortunately. So that is the joy of Nabby. So before we go on to our next two, uh, please don't forget our sponsor, which uh, this year is Breast Cancer Awareness. That's our, our, not sponsor, our charity that we're working with, Breast Cancer Awareness. We've got 12 women who are going to do the Dublin Marathon. Fair play to them. Um, can you just repeat Dublin Marathon? Fancy it? The way I feel now, Jay's. I, I I reckon I could I could maybe sit there watching it. That's about it. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I could do a hundred meter dash, to be honest. <laughs> Let alone that. So fair play. So, so look, the aim is to try and get into twenty thousand. So we just need yeah. to do everything we can. So details are in the description below. So if you can give, please give. Uh, look, times are tough. So if you can give, give what you can. As Kev always says, the fives and tenors get you there. If you can't give, just share it in your WhatsApp group, share it in your works groups, you know, put it on a, put it on social media, because you never know who it reaches. Cancer's horrible, it touches far, far too many people. But do you know what? You can sometimes find the right person. I mean, look, I mean, Kieran of this parish donated five hundred pound, you know, you're ridiculous. So sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes you just find the right person. So we'll keep pushing this every show, but you know, please it's don't it don't say anything else apart from us two talking guff about football. <laughs> Do that one. That's the main. That's the main thing. So, oh, we're definitely there. Uh, we've upset half a chat there. So that's a good start to it. Um, right. So let's talk about my loser then. So my loser. It's a double. It's a double barrel blue, blue, blue loser. So we're going to talk Chelsea and Everton more on their recruitment because I think they're at both ends of how you get recruitment wrong. Uh, now, listen. I know people say it's ironic because the closet, but let's talk about what it is. Everton for me are got the recruitment. Terribly wrong because they pretty much have to sell players just to balance the books. And what they brought in, which we'll go through, is pretty much bang average players, and they are where they are. Chelsea has gone the opposite end where it's all good spending that level of money, 
but there's absolutely, in my opinion, no plan. It's so scattergun. I don't know what formation they play that makes those players work. And the ones they've kept, I'm going, that to me, uh, Rhys James is not a right-back. He's a wing-back or he's a right-sided centre-back. In a back four, I think he gets exposed. I think he gets exposed even more with the midfield pivot the play at the moment, which doesn't work without a Kante or a Kovic who are both injured. You know, so the back to relying on Loftus Cheek, who is 27, 28, and still mm. the lad with potential. I think everyone forgets. Yeah, he's yeah. He's really Lingard. Yeah, that's what I mean. Everyone, everyone talks Loftus Cheek like he's a youngster. I think he's, you know, he's he's going to be in his prime, though. He's just not doing what you'd expect for him to do. So I sort of want to see what you think of it because we'll start with Chelsea. I mean, look, they've spent close to 600 million now. And do they look any closer, better? Because to me, they still they've got no goals on that side, despite the fact they've spent obscene amount of money on the other. They brought Sterling in, proven goal scorer, Aubameyang, proven goal scorer. Xiao Felix, proven number 10. You know, Havertz scores a winner in a Champions League fan. So on paper, you're going, they're all goals. Ziyech, they're all goal scorers. But then we haven't yet seen a, a setup where I've gone like, I don't know how this works. And the, yeah. the midfield just seems to chop and change. It looks so disjointed. It's almost a bit like there's no plan. That's how it looks to me. And they just, I, I watched Chelsea, I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I mean, they're back to having Kepper and go. You know, Kepper was getting bombed out two years ago. Now he's. Yeah. The main th- the main guy for me. It's just that weird yeah. situation going like the scattergun approach just doesn't feel like it. Now listen, they could all settle down and by next year they're like a Mourinho of Chelsea of 2005, but I don't feel like they're going to be. Yeah. So it just seems a bit of an odd one, I think. I, I just think, to be honest with you, Bracky, I think there's a real cultural problem at Chelsea. I mean, it's funny, I look at Potter and I think he's an excellent coach. Um, fantastic. He has a good good team of lads around. You look at the tune he got out of Brighton. Brighton are doing things because of the foundation that he he laid there. And in fairness to the new guy, he's taken them. He's taken Brighton to the next level, and their recruitment is second to none. I just think if you don't get players to buy into what you're about early, I think there's a lot of Chelsea players looking at Potter going. First of all, who is this guy, and why why should I respect him? I I don't think I think. Whatever happened, whatever's going on with, you know, the, the the bigger the bigger job at Chelsea is getting rid of an awful lot of the fellas who aren't aren't giving you a tune, bringing in then bringing in poisonous players like the uh, the young lad from Atletico Madrid who falls out with everybody despite you know having flash ability flashes of genius. I I think the problem is there's just nobody, and it's not Potter's fault. It's a, when, when when you've got a chairman who goes and spends 600 million, you're bringing in so many egos into a dressing room. And I just think they're all looking at Potter going, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And why should I do what he's uh, what he says? Now, ironically, it's a bit like the situation up front. If you bring in an Antonio Conti, for example, who I'm not saying is any better than Potter, but it's really just saying to the players, you all know who this man is. Some of you may have worked for him before and you will not fuck around with him. You bring put someone like that in the middle of that dressing room and he deals with those egos and he's pragmatic about it and he gets what he needs out of them. Also, you know, a lot of the players that you mentioned, like Hakim Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech was wearing a part of Saint-Germain tracksuit two weeks ago, doing a medical for them, you know, having having been on the verge of signing for them, for Chelsea to pull, you know, pull out at the last minute. Chelsea treat, mm-hmm. treat players like garbage, like garbage, you know. But a lot of the other players that you mentioned as well, 
they're lovely technical players, but there's nobody there bar, I suppose, Aubameyang, who was a natural goal scorer. And sometimes I think what's what's wrong with football, uh, I don't know if scouting or, scouts are looking for in every centre forward, you have to be able to do everything. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, I'm a dinosaur, but I remember the days of, you know, you'd have someone like a Robbie Fowler or Jordan Rhodes, for example, for, for want of a better example, whose Carl, job it was... Carl, Carl Hans-Riedler. Whose job it was just to score goals. You didn't have to have be able to run the hundred meters in eleven seconds. You just had your positional sense had to be good, and your job was to capitalize on the work and creativity of other players. I think that's miss. I mean, Kai Havertz is not a goal scorer. He's not a goal scorer. He reminds me a lot of what Teddy Teddy Sheringham was. He's a great example of his movement is great. He's a you know he's fabulous at making space for us. But every time I see him at the top of that. Of, of that diamond shape that they have up top, I always think they're not scoring today. If you're defending against them, you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, where are the goals going to come from? And I just, I, I don't see it. I see an awful lot of individuals. They brought in another individual from the, um, a, a, a very, that they robbed again at the last minute. The Arsenal had done deal. I just think you're setting yourself up as well with the wrong characters. You know, anyone that's prepared to do that to another club, is not going to care about you. He's only going to care about himself. I just think the culture there, everybody thought the culture was going to change at Chelsea when Abramovich went. I think the culture's gotten worse. It does worse. seem a little bit. And, and, like, and, and it sounds to me like it's toxic. And Potter, there's no point in losing the head. A lot of people are wondering, why aren't you losing that? He's probably looking at it going, there's no point. I've got a feeling they can't afford to sack him anyway because I wonder if there's an FFP thing with him that... Maybe the guy would have to sack him. So probably, or the, you know, would it look even worse than it is? And hmm. I just think if you're going to bring Potter in, if I if I was bringing him, I would say, listen, I want you to bring here what you brought to Brighton, players and all, as many of the type of players, players that are up, what we call upwardly mobile, fellas that are going in that direction, not fellas that are you're going to make rich day one, and hmm. all, and the the hunger's not there. And in fairness, that's what made. Alex Ferguson, the, probably one of the best to ever do it. And it's probably something that Jurgen Klopp has to do now is, you know, when that hunger's gone, you know, you drop the loyalty straight away. Sorry, lads, not that you're not a great player, but go off and play for Paris now and nick a few trophies in an easier league because that edge is gone. I know you need to keep that Klopp, edge. It still feels so, a little bit, it still feels a little bit with Klopp. He, he waits for a player to say, I'd like a new challenge. And he goes, okay. That, and you have to be ruthless. Yeah, because that's the reason, you know, we also want Manny. Manny had said, you know, apparently in the January, I fancy a new challenge. He'd, he'd known for six months that Manny wanted to go. And he's like, okay, fine, we'll we'll, we'll accommodate that. Which is good, because yeah. then Klopp's going, if you want a new challenge, there's no point in me trying to give you a deal with, with me because you want to try something new. Sound. Yeah. No problem with that. But maybe there are some players you've got like, he maybe say something, you need the new challenge. Yeah, you know, or or as, or as uh, Paisley would say, get older somebody else's time. I mean, listen, going back, you may similar age. You know, I miss the days when you used to just sometimes buy a season vet like Carl Heinz Riedler, who used as example was he was just just won the European Cup in his mid thirties. You know, he was never going to be a regular, and his job was just your job is just to be a central focus point while we get Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen ready, and then you go. The most, I actually think the most modern version of that today is probably Giroud. And yeah, he yeah. Best, yeah. He's not pretty. Yeah. The best example was Klinsmann. Klinsmann was the Klinsman. best example. Klinsman's a great the best one. example. Never lost the hunger. 
never lost the hunger. Sports just kept bringing them back. And it worked because when you've got someone like that, you know, the other players, the rest of the players go and play. If I'm playing for Chelsea in a wide position, I'm thinking, who am I playing for? Whereas before, you're thinking, I'm playing for Drogba here. I, I get to the line, I skin this fella, I put it across there, and Didier Drogba is making a run to the back post, or he's doing something that's going to be lethal. And Jurgen Klinsmann was one of those players. I just don't think the game has changed that much. Whereas you, you look at Chelsea, and you've got probably three or four players in that front line who all want to drop deep and make things happen. They don't want to be responsible for the things happening. You can't you, you can't win football games like that. Just you can't win yeah. somebody has to take responsibility in the six-yard box. And I don't see anyone. The only fella they had was, as I say, Obama Yang, and he doesn't seem to get on with anyone. He seems to be completely poisonous character. And mm. Chelsea, for me, are toxic. I think that's if you if you flip back to the Liverpool conversation, this is why it's not worked out this year, partly because of injuries and whatnot. I quite I'm starting to like the makeup of the new attack because I'm going, you've still got the old school front three, which was the most Salah type and Diaz, you know, out and out pace. But then we've got, uh, you know, Nunes, who is a bit of an old school backroom round. You know, he's got ability, he's got pace, but he's, he's, not, afraid, he's, but he's, not, but he's not afraid to do a bit of a dromper and yeah. be a bit, a bit of a unit. And then Gakpo, who is probably, could potentially be the, more the Sheringham type. Yeah, like like to drop deep, link play, but eventually add you know key goals to his game, and then you still got the and then you got Jotter who can do a bit of everything. I quite like that going forward. I'm, go, I'm looking at Liverpool going, whatever front three you play or front four, you sort of go, you sort of go. Well, actually, do you know what? That's um, there's something different there. Whereas, listen, the front three was great, but you kind of do know what that front three is going to do. I mean, where you can stop it doesn't matter. Uh, I've left this up because it's this. Shocked me, and I had to Google it. Lost his cheek is older than Arthur Mello, which, I, do you know what? I, I just think Arthur Mello's 33, and I find like he's 26. He just looks uh, 33. He's just one of those blokes. He, he's perfectly 33 in my head. He's one of them phys- phys- physiologically, you know, I, I, I don't understand the signing. Uh, you know, good luck to that. I think it was just when you leave the last two days, that's probably it. Uh, Paul Smith pointed out that Emmy Heskey was a very much underappreciated great show great show yeah. i mean heskey talk about sacrifice and it's funny part to talk about emil heskey emil heskey had no confidence that, absolutely no if, if, Hes- if heskey had drompers attitude and i mean that yeah. in a positive way yeah oh my god because those two years when he was confident he couldn't be i, I had the honor of meeting him and yeah. little women got there uh, unfortunately beat by leicester but he's on leicester coaching staff now and do you know what do you want you sort of say i like, don't meet Someone you knew as a kid, because you, know, you never know what they're going to be. And he was a representative being a lovely, nice, humble bloke. He was so humble in the way that he was sat on the bench, talked to some of the players, obviously coaching tips and all that. And obviously he knows he's there's Liverpool fans there. He's just sitting there quietly. In the, and, then, and as someone shouts his name, you know, Emil kind of picture, he comes, did the picture, did the quick hello, and he went back then, almost like hiding, to sort of go like, yeah. my team's just, you know, the women yeah. just won one nil in a big yeah. game for them as a Big blow for Liverpool. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not the limelight. It's the yeah. women have won. I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to stay back. But then it was, but it was like, but it's all a kid shouted to. Yeah. Oh, Emil, have a picture. Oh yeah, I'm coming up a picture there. Quick five minutes. But he always made sure I'm not the sense of attention. And he, he was yeah. a bit like that as a football. He was so giving. yeah. It was his problem to be honest with you. I, I remember reading Martin O'Neill saying that him and John Robertson used to have to just sit down with him before games after training and remind him of how good he was. 
They, mm. they used to have to just walk on him and walk on him. He just didn't have that. I mean, a lot of lads, like I think Stan Collymore should have been a world beater, but he didn't have the mentality for it um, for a lot of different reasons. But, uh, you know, but Heskey in a different way that he was just wasn't convinced of his own ability. You know, it was terrible. He had everything. Paul was right to, to point and physically had everything. He made everybody else shine. He brought the best. A lot of people at international level said he was the best partner they ever had. Everyone who played with him loved playing with him. Uh, Lastly, remember Quinn Phillips and the Dill Sunderland. Yeah. That was a proper old yeah. school. Front Kevin, Phillips was Kevin Phillips. Um, but Noel Quinn, again, the ultimate selfless number nine. Just amazing. Noel Quinn was quality. And not, yeah. I mean, we, we made a laughing because he was Irish, but my Jesus. He was, he was incredible. He was incredible. Yeah, yeah so, I, I, sorry, Brian O'Hadron. I do think Stan Collymore had everything required to be a world beater. He was two footed. He could run faster than you can think. Um, he uh, he had everything except the mentality to accept himself as a human being and to go to that level. He just that, the mental game, the mental side of the game is everything. He didn't have it. But my God, if you watch back some of the things he did, particularly for Nottingham Forest, on playable and unstoppable and he was he was completely two foot completely two foot yeah i mean to be fair i think he's also he's openly admitted that himself you know he's been pretty open about that yeah know? yeah which is a shame to see because he technically you know brilliant he was brilliant at forest you know he was good for the two years he was at liverpool liverpool probably sold him at the right time um but that's not the way it is. so let's go to the other end of the spectrum with recruitment everton is the clear example of and this is what chelsea could fall into is if your balls are up badly, you're absolutely knacked here. Because this is why Everton can't, this is why Everton's last two summers have been so loans, freeze, big borrowing steel. Because the previous three or four years, they've spent big on average. I mean, they had one somebody bought four number tens. And you go, you can't play four number tens because Everton don't play that way. And now they're now looking at going. We need Neil Mopay to score his goals, and you're going, Jesus wept. But Neil Mopay wasn't good enough for wasn't good enough for Brighton. So why is he going to elevate you? And unfortunately, well, unfortunately for them, is the big thing that kept them up last year was Richarlison. Like yeah. him or loathe him, he was an X factor for them, and he and he had the ability to score, you know, big a big goal for them. Calvert Lewin, unfortunately for them, he's like Bamford is for Leeds, can't stay fit. And Sims, look, he's a kid, and I just think it's really harsh. But I mean, it shows where Mope is that a kid's there. I mean, they've bought some, I think, young players. I think Unana, I think Patterson. I think they're good young players. That's probably the sort of players Everton should have gone for, but they've gone too far on the sort of tri- tried and tested bottom run. And I think for Everton, from what I read, it's just do anything to stay up this year because I think FFP wise, it relaxes next year for them because I think a lot of their losses get written off because of the three year cycle. Yeah, this is where you. This is the other side of it. If you're going to spend, make sure you spend well. Because the big thing with Chelsea now is they bought they bought all these lads. They're on six, seven, eight year contracts. And Kev, Kev, to be fair, points this out. If most of them, if quite a few of them don't come off, how do you shift them? Because Atletico Madrid can't do that at the moment. Because they've got mm. lo- they've got loads of lads on six year contracts who have built in pay increases built into the contracts. And they're going. Mm. We need to freshen the squad up. But I can't get rid of Saul because no one's going to pay him 180 grand or whatever he's going to eat because yeah. they're not. He's, he's dropped the level. And that's not his fault. That's just age and fact of life. But then you're sort of going, ah, shit, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? Or uh, they go, Collymore closing in the fourth. 
What a night still, that was. I still, love, I still love that 4 3. It's what a night. John Barnes that night just pulling the strings. But no, you're talking about Everton. I mean, Everton have spent over 800 million quid to be where they are. Um, I mean, I mean, where do you start with Everton? They have a goalkeeper who's, a, 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 for me, a very good shot stopper that you would expect to be playing at a team that's getting relegated. It re- he reminds me a lot of Mignolet, the same type of goalkeeper. Looks great when he's got a million things to do. It's like I always say about fellas that are always in the tackle. Jordan Henderson or Jordan Pickford will look good because he has lots and lots of things to do. Most goalkeepers that play for Everton will look good because you've lots and lots of things to do. And teams will fall into that trap. And the fact that he signed a new deal probably says more about him than uh, than anybody else. I, I mean, the, the obvious the obvious option might have been to go to Spurs, but I think Jordan is, is happy enough to be. He probably has a nice little relegation release clause there, but he's well, happy par- enough. Uh, apparently not. Paul Paul just come out and said, yeah, there's no, he's, there's no release clause. He's now, probably, now he's, maybe there's yeah. a deal with Everton that says, if yeah. we do get relegated, we will sell you, but yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Guarantee, we're guaranteeing ourselves there will there'll be an I think there'll be an unofficial fee that you can get, yeah, for, yeah, which yeah, is a yeah. fee that a fee that Everton go with that money we can get a half decent goalkeeper to get out of the yeah. championship and probably buy a striker with that. But he's Jordan is happy enough to be the big fish in the very very small pond. You look at the two centre backs. I mean, Yeri Mean is a problem spending that kind of money on somebody who has no interest. No interest in bettering himself as a uh, as a professional. Every time he's another one of these players. Anytime he has a half a niggle, it's he's out for three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the mentality is not there. It's nothing to do with his nationality, you know, and it's certainly nothing to do with his size. Some fellas are just like that. Um, Seamus Coleman, they're only fella that I would, I'd say, you, you know, you'd have him in any squad. The attitude, but he's few and far between. I was surprised Cody went there. To be quite honest with you, really well, surprised. Well, I think he went on London because I think the new manager yeah. just said he didn't fancy yeah. him. And to be fair to Cody, he went, well, I'm not going to sit and wait. I'll just yeah. get a game somewhere else. Yeah. Tarkowski is another one I was kind of surprised he went there, but he mightn't have had that many offers. You know, he's a battering ram. The point is, fellas like Tarkowski and Cody are always going to look good in that in that side because they're confident you know they stand up and they keep going back for more. When you, when you, look, you, look, at... back, when you look back at it, though, Tarkowski was the biggest praised one in that Burnley back too. Hmm. Shows now, Ben Mee was the better centre back because he's brilliant for Brentford. Yeah, yeah, he's a better footballer, much better yeah. footballer. You know, but no talks about everyone talks about Tarkowski as yeah. the better player. And so when you watch, you go, maybe not. You know, yeah. uh, Quantum, Quantum Geeks asking, what did you make of Carrius' performance yesterday? Uh, I guess, do you know what? I I thought it was I thought it was a decent enough performance. He's competent. Uh, first, first goal looking off about second. One, if you're being hypercritical. And look, me and Kev had this conversation about, about this. Um, the deflection beats him. That's what beats him. In my opinion, he's going down too too soon. But that's kind of always a carriest thing. He naturally sinks before he goes up. And that sometimes catches him out. But to be fair, he made a couple of good saves at 2-0. But he couldn't. the reason Newcastle lost up was nothing to do with Los Carriers. It, it was down to rank bag market. And I'll be honest, yeah. I thought quite a lot of the players just froze. Yeah, on, it's the occasion, on the occasion, but but the, most of them I've never played in the cup final for. Which to be yeah. fair to United, Casemiro was it something like his fourteenth final he's played in. When you have that experience really? side, it gets you through. And he's that's what they, that's what we didn't have. You know, De, De Gea's played in 
tons of finals and won them finals. So I think that helps. But I don't know what so, Eddie Howe. I, I don't know was, what Eddie Howe is, is doing, allowing that sign around the place. We haven't won a, uh, a trophy in in sixty odd years. I thought it's just everybody it's has their way. But that's that's just he he put on the television screens, didn't he? Um, to remind the players of what's at stake. And I just think maybe add when pressure, it, it adds pressure a little bit. Don't you want to release? Of course it pressure? does. Of course it does. And it's not their pressure. You know, if, yeah. if you're looking, if you're looking at Bruno Guimaraes, you know, if you're looking at a lot of the fellas that mass and maximum, it's not their pressure to have. It's not their expectation, and that's the problem in Newcastle. They put the weight of expectation on everyone that walks through the door, and it's a big, big problem. I think a massive problem. I mean, it's not that Youngfle uh, Guimaraes' fault that they, you know, that they they didn't turn up to the last nine cup finals. Let them go and play. If anything. Remind them that this lot, by the way, are under are the ones under pressure because everyone expects them to win trophies. Go and enjoy yourself. I just think you're playing. Look, Eddie Howe is a professional manager. I'm not, so you know, uh, fair play to him. But I, 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 you would think you would just. Well, if you flip it, well, differently, you know. Seven years ago, what was the first thing Klopp said? We can't wear history like a rucksack on our back. It's not. It's not this squad's fault. They haven't won it for thirty years. It's my mm. job to make us win it. But don't blame me for the past 30 years and I wasn't here. And neither were yeah. most of these lads. And that kind of, in some ways, and to be fair, it probably challenged a little bit of Liverpool fans to go, well, stop blaming, you know, Daniel Sturridge for looking at winning the league for 30 years. He's, he's only been around, he hasn't been around for all those 30 years. No, none of them have. And that's up to pressure. So, you know, they haven't won, they haven't won something to the 60s. Well, none of their lads was. And to be fair, in the last 20 years, would you ever expect Newcastle to win anything? It's the game, the perspective thing. But yeah, I thought that was an odd one. But you know, strange, we'll strange. To be honest with you, don't put that on people. Tell them to go out and enjoy themselves. This and that. This is the start of something amazing. What I would say to them is, you know quite well, there's huge investment at the club. Go and play for your short for the next three or four years. Yeah, yeah. that's what you should be going playing for. Make sure that you're here when because the good times are coming. You know, all all this sports washing money is coming in. And we're going to spend it, and you know, make sure that you're still here, and that you're not, you know, at Burnley next year. And that's that's the only kind of pressure that you should be putting on people. Make them play, not stop them from playing. Mm. Right, let's go on to your winner then. Let's finish on a positive. Go on then. Who's your who's your winner? Um, who did I pick as my winner? I told um, me Bajetic, so that's what. We put yeah, yeah. Team. I just think. <laughs> It's very unusual for a young player, for a young player. And listen, my my position on Bahadic or whatever you want to call him is that he should be in and out of the side. He should be playing cup games. He shouldn't be, you know, looked at anything like a main man. But when the real winner, by virtue of how how bad we were on Saturday, is what people are kind of saying, why didn't the young player start? It's a testimony mm. to the work that he's done. It's a testimony to what he does as a player and you know it's it's, a, it's an indictment of the fact that as i said people like nabi kate have you know spent the last four or five years just stinking out the place um so yeah but badage you know for his consistency in performances an 18 year old to be so badly missed in a, a top class if you will midfield is huge on it the only 18 year old you should be here hearing uh, that are badly missed are you know nine, uh, 2002 Robbie Keane um, and you know maybe 
1997 Robbie Fowler beyond those types of kids yeah, you, should, you, should, you shouldn't be missing 18 year olds but I thought a little bit way, of composure was missed you know but the, the way to flip it the way is and it hops up, often happens in football is when you have these adverse seasons and look we can flick it back to United because we can they've got a good example as well is sometimes you discover it or youngs get an opportunity that you're not expected so for example Rashford was nowhere near the United side and they got an absolute injury crisis up front so he stuck him up front in the Europa League game. Bang. Took his opportunity. That saved United 18. Yeah. Rashford, Rashford is a confidence player. Like yeah. Heskey was. Like Heskey was. He reminds me of a lot of Heskey. Um, mm. And I, I think you're always going to get someone like Rashford right if you give him a bit of faith. Give him that that confidence to know that, listen, I'm relying on you. You can see when Marcus Rashford was playing for Jose Mourinho, for example, that he just, I shove him out on the left when I need to frighten fullbacks. He just wasn't trusted. And, he, and now that he's being trusted, he's terrorising people, yeah. to be fair well, to him. If you go for Liverpool's history, Steve McManaman, he gets his chance because of loads of injuries. You know, Michael Owen's saying, Robbie Fowler's the same. I mean, actually, Robbie Fowler destroys Clough's Liverpool career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and people forget, Clough was a very, very good forward and a really yeah, exciting yeah. signing. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, and Clough openly admits it, he goes, what stopped you being a success at Liverpool? He goes, Robbie Fowler arrived. And he goes, he was just better. Game of story. End of story. And he's very, he's very humble about that. He just goes, yeah. I don't begrudge it. He goes, look what Robbie Fowler can do. I can't do that. Yeah. No, we yeah. used to play him. We used to play Cluffy deeper. Tried him in midfield because mm. he could play there. Um, used to play him off of uh, off of Fowler. Because Nigel Clough was a very, very good Number ten. He was he was a very good player, very tidy, very good striker of a ball, intelligent player. He was unlucky. He was unlucky yeah. when because if we had assigned two or three seasons before it, like we wanted to, but his old boy wasn't having it. Um, I think he would have been a a, a lot more successful. Clough was a proper player. Yeah, and Deco Harry Kane's a great, great example. Again, he got his chance because of injuries because he was yeah. just completely alone. Sometimes you know Trent, to be fair to him, would eventually have broken through to the inside, but he broke in earlier. Because Klein did his back. Yeah, Klein. So he, yeah. Had, so he had to give him a go, and it works out. So I'm not saying the way to find youngsters is, is just us on anyone and hope it all falls apart. But sometimes in adversity, you look for these players. So you now look at Pajetic going, well, if we need four midfielders in the summer, maybe we just go and sign three. And he's the fourth one who is the squad option that's dipped in and out. Yeah, yeah. Look, listen. And then, and then what do you have spent on the fourth midfield? You yeah. spend it on. A massive replacement, or you spend he's it jumped, on there. Yeah, exactly. He's someone else, you exactly. know what I mean? He's jumped ahead of Jones. You know that's Jones's jersey, and for some reason, he just, as I said, he's been in. He's, he's had a few muscle problems in that, and yeah, he, Jones, he's just not an option. Jones. He's just not not an option. So he's jumped in ahead. But I think Liverpool will sign three big midfielders next year. Don't know who they're going to be. Anyone's guess, but you know we know who we yeah. should sign, and um, but they will sign three big midfielders, and it's going to be all change. And I hope, I hope that. Bajatic sticks around the squad. I hope he doesn't go out on loan because I think when when you're surrounded by quality, you can learn so much more from the lads that are, are going to be there. To be honest with you, and, and I and I think Henderson will will start doing what Milner does now, coming on, keep because I tell you what I do miss as well. A lot of the lads watching this tonight will remember when when Arsenal were winning trophies, and you would bring on. Uh, Gilles Gormandy, for example, for the last 10, 15 minutes and see, games, see games out. And I think when Liverpool are successful again next year, which we will be, 
uh, uh, Henderson will start doing that. Would start coming on for you know twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there. Mm-hmm. He'll start you know games where fellas, you know fellas need a rest and that. It, they'll start phasing them out. You know of the you probably see Van Dyke maybe even in the next eighteen months probably made captain. You know I love Jordan Henderson, but you you know the game stops for nobody, especially in that midfield where you're lacking energy. So uh, as much as I don't want to see it. You know, it'll be he, he will start to replace Milner and hopefully let's see what happens with Milner. You know, hopefully he takes oh, a play. Mill will still be playing when, when he's, when he's 47, <laughs> yeah. it's, it'll still be around. Uh, I do, I, and it's going to upset chat. I think Milner gets an award yet extension. Why not? I do, but I do think, I do think his role will be heavily, heavily reduced. As in, like, I, I expect him to barely play. It almost be like to keep him ticking over so then he could become a, um, a coach. I sort of feel like they want to keep. Him and as in the coaching side, because I think Milner is perfect for like the under 18s, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I think he's made for that. The reason being is he's not had the perfect career, although it feels like it has. You know, people forget, you know, he's getting bombed out in Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle didn't want him, it didn't work out for him. He had to, and you know, he had to, he was going to Villa, it fell through, he went back to Villa, and then he pushed himself so good that he got himself into City, and then he got and then he got on to Liverpool. But I think he's the example because in that way, not everyone's career is going to be a Michael Owen or a Wayne Rooney, which just goes up and up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Most yeah. are more of a Milner type with it up and down. And I'm sort of hopeful, like people talk about Jones. You know, my thing with Jones is he can't stay fit. I think the talent's there, but yeah, if you yeah. can't if you can't get him on the pitch, he's not really worth squad place. Yeah, he's a confident boy, is Jones. You so know, what you hope is stuff. if he can keep himself fit, is he looks at someone like a Milner, you go well. Add your fire out, you dip. This is this is your biggest dip of your career. You've got to get over it. And do you know what? Not that he's. I think he's helped the fact that he's a homegrown player, not just yeah. uh, not just English club grown. Because uh, reading up on Liverpool, Liverpool don't have enough club grown players, which is why we're one short in the Champions League because we need so many players that've been within the academy system for so long. Our own, yeah. we haven't got enough of them. So I think that's helping helping their uh, Kev's breaking. I don't think it means he's breaking or break breaking. Potter under pressure, but has the support of of at least one Chelsea owner. Uh, that's the banner on Sky. Um, so it's so, a toxic environment. A man like Graham Potter, you know he's going to uh, get sacked just before he plays us. Yeah, you know that, deserves, that's the standard, deserves, isn't it? He deserves so much better. This guy, you know, the things that he's done already in the game and the way he carries himself, doesn't throw lads under the bus. But it's toxic. Chelsea's toxic. You know, it's, a, it's now squad full of egos. You know, squad full of listen. Look, look at Roy. Here's my CV. You know, it's it's ridiculous the, the way they do things. It's ridiculous the way they do things. You know, it's sadly it's a way of modern football, which is it's not. It's, look, it's not a sound we all like, but it's. I mean, to be fair, Chelsea been like that since what 2003. Yeah, it's just American money now, not Russian money. To be honest, it's the only difference. It's always been toxic. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Someone saying it's 60 million pound due if he get if he goes. And good, good luck to him. Good luck to you. Know, do you know what? I'll take the Chelsea job. They could pay me off for 20 million. I'll do my deal. Leeds or Southampton. Well, Southampton, you know, somebody, whatever, there'll be some job down there that he will just, you know. The weird thing is, getting sacked, getting sacked by Chelsea actually isn't a problem because yeah. it's almost like it's like it's like a badge of honor. Have you been sacked by Chelsea? Yeah, yeah everyone has. Yeah. You know? Whereas if he'd actually gone to, I think if he'd gone to Tottenham or Arsenal or United or, uh, and failed. I think that'll be a harder rebuild for the Chelsea one's always like a shrug now going, ah yeah, everyone gets everyone fails at Chelsea. I'll go somewhere else, do well for them, I'll get enough chance. Because you know toxic, you will toxic. I don't know why listen. 
I was gonna, I was gonna say something even more. You don't know why anyone takes the job, but of course, everybody, you know, oh, I can do, it, I can do it better. I, I just think, yeah, as as Kevin right, that, that Chelsea, that Chelsea Jefferson has sacked much better managers than Potter. Oh yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Well, let's face it, even Frank Lampard could stay there, and he was part of, the, he was part of that committee at one point. What a spiel for. I mean, if ever, if ever there was an example of the fact that there are jobs for the boys that are unqualified, I mean. Everton will take it, would probably take years, even though Lampard was there for less than a year. If it, it was the damage that he did, the damage that he did. I mean, you look at Sean Deutsch, Sean Deutsch is your run of the mill up and at him. You know, Sam Allardyce, Mark too. Don't, don't be thinking he's a tactical genius. He just came in and did competent. He came in and made people run. But there was fellas coming towards the end of a season or halfway through a season getting sick in a bleep test. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? I mean, yeah, but yet nobody is looking at Frank Lampard going, what were you doing? Were those lads not fit? I mm. mean, it's unbelievable. You get away with that kind of stuff if you're absolutely supremely confident that you're going to have the ball. And even at that, like someone like Pep Guardiola, Jorgen Klopp would expect that you're, that you're absolutely fit. Like Frank Lampard is the biggest spoofer I think I've ever seen. It's incredible what a playing career and an English passport will do for you. Incredible. Uh, Red Steve knows me so well. Imagine Brack- Red Steve knows me so well. Imagine Brack being appointed Chelsea man and then tells the lads he can't do Sundays because he's off to the women's team. It's very true. I'll be off to the I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not doing this, bollocks. <laughs> I'll send me assistant. Pete be my assistant. Pete, go on. I'll be happy watching the, the, the women's team. Yeah, a few yeah. really good players there. A few really good players there. Chelsea, oh, Chelsea. Sam Kerr is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing all right. I mean, I think they should stay up this year. You know, Matt Beards, look, the job this year was always stay up, and I think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fukun Nagano, who's the Japanese international which just signed in January, honestly, God, mate, she's ridiculous. My only fear is could we keep hold of her because she's absolutely unreal. Yeah, I mean, some of these, some of the some of the bids that are going in for some of the girls. Oh, yeah, there's, no. an, there's an Irish girl. The Arsenal bid two hundred and fifty grand for her. I mean, that's uh, well. Beth England's just moved to top yeah. two hundred fifty grand. I think Arsenal bid four hundred grand for oh Russo. Russo from uh, United, and she's only got six months left of the deal. I mean, look, she's she's probably the next. She's probably the next main number nine now for England. That's probably her her shirt to lose. Like, look for the girls. They're delighted for them. You know, you walk hard, you train. You know, you get what you deserve, male or female. You know what I mean? Just as long as the quality's there. I'm not one of these people that thinks equal pay no matter what. Show me the quality. You know, I know you're a big, huge advocate for the female game, and that's great. But show me the quality, like the English girls showed during the summer, to be fair. Show yeah. me the quality, and then we'll talk about the money. All of this equality just for equality's sake, no. Not in any line of, of business. You know, if people are turning up, they're being entertained, yeah, then we need to have a, a conversation about the bunny, but not before then. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan of uh, what what's her name, the American girl. Um, I, I think we did. Megan I think, not a fan. I think, I think just for her, I think it's happening with the Canadian women's team. Is but the big problem with the Canadian women's team was uh, they agreed it, for international football, the men and women get get paid the same. It was agreed. I mean, in first international football, probably isn't. I don't know what the pay is for international football. Books with any money from club football. They agreed it and then never put it through and then reneged on it and then said, well, we didn't really say that. You got your literal TV interview saying it. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, they, they should, then that's a contractual thing. That's yeah. not a holistic 
um, let's pay everybody the same. That's a contractual thing, and it should have mm. been that. But Megan Rapinoe coming out, what you do is you paint a target for your back. When you come out and say women should be paid the same for doing the same job, you're, it's not like plumbing. I can, get it for, I can get it for international football because I think there, there is the money's there probably for it. Club football is going to be difficult because yeah. at the moment the money isn't there yet. But yeah. I would say the women's game, money-wise, is growing and growing. Yeah. The biggest thing for women's football that's happened in the last year or so is Sky money and the BBC money. Yeah. That's and it's great change. to see. It's great to see. I mean, the one thing I would say is, organisational-wise, it's still yeah. not great. Yeah. There are still some yeah. random things happening. Well, neither is the men's game. Just it's just no, a lot of money. You'll, ne- you'll, never see a, you'll never see a men's game called up after six minutes because the pitch is literally a nice ring. Can't level that at the girls either. You know, they they turn up the professional, they do the job. No, no, I, I level that at the authorities where you go in. Yeah. You knew the day before that pitch was never playable. Yeah. So and the weird thing is Neil Axon rightly points this out. Well, so it's like tangent here is okay. It's almost like did you not know it's cold in January? Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah, been yeah. it's always been cold in January. It's yeah. actually cold in January, it's in December. So why aren't you if you're gonna do a winter break? But they can't break, afford they can't afford to take the hit either. I can understand what right, I think what know. they could do is start the season in August when it's sunny, yeah. so you get more yeah. fans go into it, stop the season mid-December and start it back in February. So you cut out those winter months and then the grounds you're playing at, which won't have under soil heated, the chances of you getting it called off are less. And that doesn't really massively interfere with the calendar. Or, as Emma Sanderson, the Beeb, said, for the first couple of weeks back, that's where all the cup games are played. Which says, if they do get called off, not everyone's in, that, in the, the last 16 of the cups, if they get called off, they, it's only a couple of games, three or less, not three weekends fixtures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd sort of think, like, that doesn't take a lot of thinking. I mean, look, I'm some nobody on a podcast, and I can work that out. So you sort of think a football authority could be able to work very basic things like that in my head. But, you know, yeah. I'm sure I'll get something from the FA and tell me I'm, I'm talking nonsense, but I sort of feel like that feels like common sense. But Yeah, well, you know, the, you won't be the first person to call for common sense in this game, you know, <laughs> and you won't be the last. But unfortunately, it doesn't, it's not the prevalent, it's never, it's not always the prevalent uh, course of action, really. Yeah, yeah I think Kevin well, Silver's right. John Motson, oh, what a show. You know, it's it's not very often that you're truly gutted when somebody passes away. You know, but it's, it's I like the voice of our childhood. The voice of our yeah, childhood. Yeah. I quite like the um, the clapping on seventy seven minutes for his age and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah, yeah. it's very rare someone like that famous passes away, and it's just glowing about him all the time. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And um, oh, it was um, oh, I can't remember his name now. I was doing the Friday show. It was a it was a Palace fan. His name will come to me in a minute. Um, he gave the person to John John Motson was John Motson made you feel the game. Yeah, yeah. Because there are certain goals yeah. now you hear Motson's voice before you think of the goal. Yeah, uh, Patrick yeah. Patrick from um, Eagles TV. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Um, but because I mean, I was lucky to go to the 06 finals, so you know, I experienced it live. You know, the, that Gerard goal. But when you watch it back. That commentary is perfect, and it's not like it's not like uh, you know anything clever, but he just got the emotion right for for it. Same with the yeah. Michael Owen goal, you know, he, some of the Michael Owen goals. He was brilliant for that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but what I liked about him was he would he clearly did his research, which I'll be honest, quite a few commentators could learn a thing or two about that. But what I liked about him, though he done his research, he didn't throw what he's read up on down your throat. He yeah. basically. 
I bet he had three pages of notes and used two lines. And some fella just knew. Some fella just, he, know, he just you know. He just goes, I've done all the research, but he yeah. doesn't, and he just drops a little pearl every now and again. You go, oh, that's interesting. But it's that's relevant. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. Where just you going, go, I've done all the research. Yeah, Look, I've done my work. Exactly. Like, that's your Where job. You feel, I don't know if you want, and I don't want to pick on it, but I, because to a certain extent, a lot of them are playing catch up. There's a couple of female commentators that will blind you with stats because it's almost like I need to tell you why I'm here, kind of thing. And I wish they'd stop doing that because some of the girl that used to manage Chelsea, I can't remember her name, she is it Emma something. She knows the game, you can tell. Oh, she's she, 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 she gives you a tactical insight when you need but, it, and you go, Yeah, but she's forever then thrown, you know, it's too much. You know, I know you know the game. So you know, stop. That, I've, I've, I've seen it. I, I've seen it be spoken to off camera. Um, yeah. I think that's how she is. I think if you give her an answer, it's always a really in-depth answer. That's, yeah. I think that's sometimes just how you build. Which in friends, she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. She does know her stuff, and she's been very good at highlighting some of the things that aren't right in women's and, football. And you, know? you see, and Dicko was asking about the Saudi flag, and it's funny. It's the one thing I'd say about the likes of John Watson kind of disappearing over the sunset. I'm glad that they're not going to be around to have to have those conversations. I mean, it's disgusting. It's disgusting that, um, you know, that that um, that, a rage, that regimes are starting to take over football clubs and, you know, washing their hands in blood. It's disgusting that Newcastle fans are turning up with flags and that one of their kits is now the Saudi kit. It's disgusting. And I'm glad for men like John Motson that they don't have to deal with that crap. It's better. They're better than that. And, you know, the game is going in that direction. It's becoming ugly. I'm glad that they had great years where it was... It was a walking man's game, and, and really that was it. It was just rich people bought clubs, and that was it. Mm. They just competed. I'm glad that they're not going to be around to be asked because you don't want certain men to have to deal with certain things. You know, it's it's one thing. It's, it's turning me off the game, to be honest with you. It's turning me off the game. There you go. Oh, Ash. Oh, hey, you got a fan, Pete. We found you one fan. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, don't do the crime if you can't do the times. What I say. No, it was a good time. Get, you know, gave me gave me a great springboard. Really enjoyed myself. Met some great people at ITV. Ash, uh, I can't believe it's been twenty years, twenty mm-hmm. years. Um, but I had a really good time. Then really good time with the band. Truth be known, to be honest with you, I completely fallen out of love with music completely because music is a bit like football. It's gone. It's dead. It's not about the quality of songs. It's about all of the bullshit that comes with it. You know, fellas turning up to awards wearing dresses. Um, not because they believe in that, but because they want to be seen. Um, I mean, I, I, I've been involved now in acting for the last few years. I've, I've started off as a theatre actor, but, you know, I've done a couple of shows now with Netflix that come out this year. And I find that acting is much more comfortable. Um, there's less people that are full of shit. And you're judged based on whether you can deliver the lines and whether you can do the business or not. Whereas music is, as I said, fellas, we're still talking about fellas turning up in a in a in a in bubble dresses and wanting to be called them it's just complete nonsense everybody to themselves i don't judge people but at the end of the day it's just become a cesspool of bullshit music whereas acting to be honest with you it's great crack great fun i've been lucky enough to be involved in some good theater productions some good tv productions and i wouldn't look back i wouldn't even walk into a, a recording studio unless it was for charity now it's just music it's just saturated with fucking idiots be quite honest with you i'm not interested anymore fair enough okay so 
Right, it's five past eleven. I think that's I think that's a bedtime for me and you because I'm tired now and I've got the joys of a, I've got the joys of a uh, three and a half hour trip to Scotland. So <laughs> that's that's my that's my that's the rest of my week sorted. So listen, thanks for watching. Um, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and speak to you guys very very soon. Uh, there'll be shows on rest of the week. Um, there'll definitely be a preview show tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, there'll be full-time Reds, which will be Matt and Kev, where hopefully Liverpool have won a game. It could be a nice novelty, wouldn't it? But you never know. But until then, listen, thanks for joining us, and we will speak to you all very, very soon. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.